Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Yeah, could I have a number three with cheese and uh, a large coffee? And does this smell good? Wolfing down your lunch. <laughs> Serving up today's top sports stories with Wolf and Lou. Hey, boy. Presented by Stadium Swim at Circa Resort and Casino, Las Vegas' ultimate sports fan destination. All right, it is noon on a Wednesday, officially KD Day, and uh, it is time for Wolfing Down Your Lunch. Aaron Maloney is here, Aaron. So today is the day. You said it right there, Luke. Kevin Durant will make his debut for the Phoenix Suns in Charlotte. So what are the expectations? Here's ESPN's Brian Winhorst. It's going to be difficult to hold expectations down because a year ago when he came back from very similar injury with the Nets, his first game back he scored 31 points. His second game back he scored 37. I'm going to be honest with you, being around the team over the last couple of days, I know that Devin Booker plays everything monotone. I know that Chris Paul is long, you know, experienced with keeping expectations low. There's no doubt in my mind that there's a lot of excitement around this Suns team of what they're going to be when they get Kevin Durant. The reality is there's probably going to be a rough patch or two, but the expectation is that he is going to hit the ground running, and it wouldn't surprise me at all if he fits in seamlessly to what this team does offensively. <laughs> so our Sanderson Ford poll question is up now at ArizonaSports.com, and it asks, how many points will Kevin Durant score in his Phoenix Suns debut? 0-10, to 11-20, to 21-30, to 31-40, or 41-plus. Can you imagine if he dropped like 44 Oh, my goodness. We'd all, the whole the city would have to wakes. take tomorrow. Oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> I'm going to um, say 21 to 30. Yeah, I'll go to I get I, Just with the minutes restriction, I think. I mean, but he's such an efficient scorer. Yeah, 21 to 30. So 46% say 11 to 20. 42% say 21 to 30. 5% 0 to 10. 5% 31 to 40. And 3% 41 plus. So the majority think he's going to score 11 to 20 points? Probably because of the minutes restriction. They're just not drinking the same Kool-Aid you guys are. <laughs> Apparently not. And then look, this is the day this that... This is the worst day of my... Seriously. <laughs> it's the best day. I am... What a loser. I am. I... I I despise it. I reject myself in front of king and country, as a matter of fact. You got up during one of the breaks and just yelled, loser, and walked out into the newsroom. I I know. (laughs) Well, your brother, Dale, has chimed in and Uh said, pony boy's on fire. (laughs) About what? He quote tweeted the um, video we posted on the Wolf and Luke Twitter page about you saying that they're the favorites. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Oh, no. I see. Now it's out. Now it's out. I'm going to get it. Man, in your defense, I'll double check Fandle, but I'm pretty sure they are the favorites to win the West right now. Oh, my goodness. I, I shouldn't feel this way, but I do. The expectation, the dynamic. Now it's the personalities that have to come together and form the culture of this team going forward. Maybe you'll, it's feel, you'll feel better if you write a song about it, like for tomorrow or something. Maybe you should do that. Okay, yeah. Maybe yeah. I yeah, produce. That's right, yeah. KD. Yeah. yeah. Do it. It'll inspire me, right? Yeah, yeah. little writing. Dropping 30. Georgia Bulldogs defensive tackle Jalen Carter, a potential number one pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, has a warrant out for his arrest amid an investigation in Georgia regarding a car crash that killed a team staffer and a teammate. Jalen Carter has since released a statement and said, this morning I received a telephone call from the Athens Georgia Police Department informing me that two misdemeanor warrants have been issued against me for reckless driving and racing. 
Numerous media reports also have circulated this morning containing inaccurate information concerning the tragic events of January 15th. It is my intention to return to Athens to answer the misdemeanor charges against me and to make certain that the complete and accurate truth is presented. There is no question in my mind that when all of the facts are known, that I will be fully exonerated of any criminal wrongdoing. Oh, that's huge. That's that's huge. That is a direct denial um, of any wrongdoing in this by Jalen Carter. That's that's a huge So statement. then we'll let the legal stuff play out in itself. Right. But whether he does formally get charged and it proves to be wrong or whether he doesn't and he proves to be innocent, how much will this shake up the draft? It's going to shake up the draft. It feels weird to talk about that angle on it, right? Because, you know, with Jalen Carter, either, I mean, the guy lost two friends, I'm assuming, in this accident. So he's looking at his name being dragged through the mud today, or or he's guilty. And he's going to, I mean, we're, I guess we're going to just have to, as Maloney just said, let that part play out. But as far as the draft, you're talking about a guy you're taking with a top three, four pick? Do you really want a potential headache with that pick when you could just draft somebody else you feel a lot safer about? Yeah. Um, I'm not saying that's the way it should be. I'm yeah. just saying, think about think about whoever your favorite team is driving around right now. Would they want to invite drama in if that's what this potentially is with a top five pick? Yeah, could this just be the tip of the iceberg for Jalen Cargo? Or maybe, you know, to be fair to him, is this a fetish he's got with the racing thing and it turned into something that was deadly? Uh, I don't know, but that's a direct denial. Yeah. And we'll let that. did anything wrong, and we've got to respect that. Yeah, definitely. Cards GM Monty Austinfort said at the NFL Combine yesterday that the Cardinals will listen to trade calls for the number three pick, although they haven't gotten calls yet. No, it's it's still pretty early in that process, so uh, no, no, calls. no calls. No, we're uh, th- those those calls typically don't start till uh, you know, further down the road, so there's plenty of time for that. So today on March first. Do you think the Cardinals will stay at number three or trade out of that spot? Uh, yeah. Um, well, you said that quickly. I, I, I'm just hoping right now everything's well with Jalen Carter for his own personal well-being, but also everything's well, and all of a sudden the, the Bears take him at number one. That's great because now all of a sudden you've got those two quarterbacks, and one plus two equals three. And that means number three will be sitting in the capper. So then, okay, Wolf, since you went there, say they do trade out of that number three pick and draft night comes and at number three, Will Anderson is still on the board. How will you feel? Okay, I'm going to fight it. I'm going to fight it. I will. I, I take him. Draft him. <laughs> take Will Anderson. <laughs> well, he caved quickly. And, no, I'm just saying it's going <laughs> to, that thought is going to be there. Uh, but when you find out, you get... I don't know. Two number twos and maybe a number three just to move back four spots and still get a guy that you love. Maybe an offensive tackle that can help you. Oh, yeah. Maybe an offensive guard and inter- the best interior offensive lineman. Rebuild the offensive line. Yeah, I love it. How far would you be willing to drop down 
in the first round this year with that trade? Um, I, I don't want to drop out of the top ten. Okay. Because uh, the only reason I asked that, Field Yates tweeted this thing out the other day where he was he was looking at teams in the top ten that will most likely be actively looking for a quarterback, right? So these are just teams drafting in the top ten. Now, he has the Texans on there. That doesn't help the Cardinals. The Colts at four, I'm guessing they're not making the trade to move up one spot. I mean, yeah. they could. Um, but the Raiders at seven, the Falcons at eight, and the Panthers at nine. Okay, this is, this is great right here because the only way the Colts want to move up to number three is if they is if all of a sudden there is a quarterback yeah. that is there knowing somebody else will want to trade in front of the Colts to get that quarterback. Yeah. And that's why the Arizona Cardinals, if in fact the Bears take a player, number one overall because they have a quarterback, take a player, that's why the Cardinals will be sitting in the catbird seat because you know the Texans are going to take one of those quarterbacks. All right, that was Wolf and Down Your Lunch. Thank you, Aaron. As always, NASCAR returns to Phoenix Raceway March 10th through the 12th for the United Rentals Work United 500. Fans can look forward to many new, unique experiences and activities as the weekend kicks off a historic 2023 season at Phoenix Raceway. For your chance to experience this, head to the contest page on ArizonaSports.com and win tickets. When we come back, Kevin Durant will make his son's debut tonight. So how are you feeling about that? It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. I like it. Kevin Durant is averaging just a shade under 30 points a mm-hmm. game this year. What are we getting into here? This is going to be awesome. Wolf and Luke. KD. Countdown. Alright, I don't really remember... A day like this for a Valley sports team. Do you, Wolf? I mean, I remember, let's see, I remember the Suns drafting DeAndre Ayton number one overall. And that was exciting. You have number one overall pick, but you, the expectations as a team aren't there. You didn't give up anything to get the number one overall pick, right? You were coming off years of of miserable records, and so there there was no urgency to win right after you drafted DA. I mean, same thing with Kyler Murray. Like that was that stuff was exciting. I wasn't, you know, I don't know, the Barkley stuff was a long time ago. Um, but that's gotta be the only thing that's close to this. Maybe <sighs> signing Randy Johnson for the D backs. I wasn't here for that either. Can I tell you just the the, the level of <laughs> excitement that is out on the street right now. It's palpable. It truly is. If you go out there, you can feel it. And the the topic of conversation the Phoenix Suns have become with Kevin Durant, of course, it's it's just stunning all over this city, all over this state, really. And can I just tell you, the only thing that I would say even rivals this is getting off an airplane in 1988 when the Arizona Cardinals moved here. <laughs> I, I, I got to tell you, I cannot even... Uh, the, the, the amount of people that would drive by my house, okay, drive by my house right around dinner time where they could drive by and, and you could see them pointing. They knew you lived there. I, I kid you not. Who are there these were people? five homes. There were five homes out in Awatuki that had Cardinal players in it, and it was it was almost like a Hollywood tour. 
<laughs> I kid you not, the cars that would drive by, the excitement that the NFL was actually here in Phoenix, that was huge. It's the only thing that even compares to this conversation with KD. Yeah, it's um, yeah, everything. everything's about to be different. And can you imagine if this game was here tonight? I mean, the fact that it's it's in Charlotte, it's 5 o'clock, I mean, I don't think Charlotte cares about this at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're like, yeah, big deal. You guys got Kevin Durant. We yeah. win 25 games a year. Leave us alone. Uh, but you're right. I mean, how quickly this team is now at the at the top or right near the top of the uh, the national conversation, and it's going to be that way. It's going to be that way until the, this season ends, however it ends. If it ends with the Suns bowing out earlier than they should, there is going to be more criticism nationally than we're used to, certainly, because now you're going to be you're, you're going to be viewed as a as a major market team that is expected to win a title. And if you if you win the title, if that's how the season ends, I mean, this is <laughs> that is going to get crazy. No, you're right. About every, every Every move is amplified now. You're, you're right about that. Uh, the, the Phoenix Suns um, could go from being very, very benign nationally to one of the more hated teams in the association because of, you know, Kevin Durant and the fact that everyone looks at Kevin Durant as all he's just jumping from one super team to the next super team in his quest to actually try to win more rings. Not one, not two, not three, but eight. Um, okay, he didn't say Eight, but well, he said not points. seven, didn't he? Didn't LeBron say not yeah, seven? Yeah, but I think he stopped there. He stopped at not seven, so we've been play eight. <laughs> or zero. Like I said. Was, you get my point, I though, get right? your points, yes. yes. Not two, not three, not four, not five, not six, not seven. Okay. Right, so he, You're right. He, he left the implication is there. Zero, one, or eight. Those were his <laughs> options. So we just know it's not two, three, four, five, six, or seven. It is the buzz around this team is palpable. I, I, I would love to see them. It's got to be also inside, too, inside that locker room. I, you, you have to look over and say, man, guys, do you see who's in this locker room right now? Um, and I'm not just talking about Kevin Durant. I'm talking about some of the other components that we have here, some of the other pieces that are going to fit, what do you say we embrace this favorite role? What do you say we take it, embrace it, and make it our friend as opposed to making it an adversary, an obstacle, a distraction? You've got three guys on this team that have played for Team USA in the Olympics now. Uh, You have a lot of just new pieces, though, beyond Kevin Durant, and I think that's part of why people are also like, all right, let's get this going. At least for me, that's like, let's get this going now. Let's let's, be smart about it. It sounds like you were. You didn't rush Kevin Durant back. Okay, but now you got 20 games left to get this whole team together, and I'm trying to pull up the exact lineup from, uh, I never thought I'd revisit this game, but from the Dallas series from Game 7, just to see how different this team looks right now from the guys that played in that game, okay? Yeah. Even though no, nobody who played for the Suns in that game looked like the Phoenix Suns, but right. it's just for names. Jay Crowder, gone. Mikel Bridges, gone. Okay, you still have DA, CP3, and Booker. You still have Ish. You still have Torrey Craig. No Cam Johnson, no JaVale McGee, no Alfred Payton. No, wow. uh, no holiday. I guess Landry Shamit is still here. It doesn't feel yeah, like he is, but right. I mean that's that's a much different team. It's not just Kevin Durant. It, now it's Terrence Ross. It's T.J. Warren, kind of. It's Darius Baisley. I think it's Josh Okogie. It's a bunch. This is a completely new team, except you still have Devin Booker, and that's why I think it's very easy for a Suns fan. 
to work through all that and still identify, yeah, this is still the Phoenix Suns. Even if it doesn't feel like it today, it's going to again soon. Yeah, you know, and again, we we have a lot of pieces, a lot of new pieces here, yet I don't expect them to struggle with Kevin Durant. He's He's been around a long, long time. I don't think he's going to walk in to a meeting room with the Phoenix Suns, and Monty's going to get up there and grease up plays on the board, and I don't think he's going to go, well, how, how should I do that? I honestly, I know you've got to go out and you've got to rep it. You got to go out and you got to practice. You got to go out on the floor. You got to rep it. But they have been doing that for the most part, and because of that, I feel really, really good. Um, I feel good about Kevin Durant stepping in and doing it seamlessly. Isn't that what Brian Windhorse actually was talking about as well? Yeah. Just the, the the fact that he expects Kevin Durant to step in and for it to be a seamless transition. That is my expectation. And it makes me feel so weird saying that. But all we've heard about is how Kevin Durant has picked up a lot of the schemes that the Phoenix Suns have used in the past. And they've actually used a lot of the schemes he's familiar with. Uh, I I would imagine he's been around in a lot of different systems. So to me, I don't think he's going to have a hard time um, actually taking the offense and absorbing it. Yeah, I don't think he's going to have a hard time with that. Here's Monty Williams on that. I don't have like a expectation um, other than us playing hard, executing, and doing everything we can to win the game. As far as integrating Kevin, I think there's going to be times where there may be hiccups or things like that, but that happens in a normal game. So I, I don't think that's something that's that should be surprising. I think that's going to be that's great. One of the craziest things about this. This is, and I'm not going to sit here and make a prediction for tonight, but just in general, I, I don't think it's going to take long before you're like, oh yeah, Kevin Durant's on the Suns, you know, and not just because he was at a game or not just because he's wearing the uniform, but like, no, he fits, he fits in with this team, he fits, his personality is very similar to Devin Booker's, where it just, just kind of feels like it's like all basketball all the time, and when you're not playing basketball, you're studying basketball, right? And and maybe There's even an more so with, with KD, yeah. I mean, he just. Um, I, I keep coming back to that quote from a couple weeks ago of he doesn't really have a home team. His home is just playing basketball. And it's it's going to be, I, I think it's going to be a quick transition to him. I think the bigger transition is, is what guys you're putting in the rotation around him. And just listening to Monty right there talk about this, it, it feels like it's going to be quick. I'm, I'm gone. <laughs> I'm gone now because even Monty basically was saying, you know what, um... I think this is going to be good right from the get. <laughs> Translating, of course. <laughs> not uh, not how Monty usually sounds. Uh, text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. When we come back, the Coyotes won again last night. They always seem to win right before we interview our next uh, guest. And they only have one game left before the trade deadline this Friday. Andre Turney, the head coach, will join us next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. <laughs> Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. This is the Coyote Coaches Show with Wolf and Luke. A nice win for the Coyotes last night at Mullen Arena over the Chicago Blackhawks and then right back at it here tonight in Dallas against the Stars, who are one of the best teams in the Western Conference. Head coach Andre Turney joining us right now on the Arizona Sports Line. Bear, how's it going? Very good. What about you guys? 
Doing well, Bear. Doing good, doing good. Um, that game last night, I, I feel like we have to start with one player in particular because he, he was an assist away from the Gordie Howe hat trick. But uh, Jack McBain with the goal, but especially that hit on Ian Mitchell in the first period. Uh, is that uh, what, can you, what can you say about his uh, performance last night? I think it's. Uh, I agree with you. There's a lot of say, to say about his performance. Not just he got got big hit. He played well with the puck. He made play, score a big goal. But as well, he, he had to step up for Nick Bukestad, who was not in the lineup. So uh, the, the circumstance around his performance was exceptional. So uh, good for him. He, uh, he really uh, stood up yesterday for us, and he was really good. Bear, you know I'm fascinated with the psychology of the sport, of course. I really am. But Jack McBain, when he got in that brawl with Jared Tenorti, what what – uh, what does that do for a team? How important is that, that he was willing to you know, drop the gloves? There's a lot in that, that thing. First of all, you can see right from the get-go his willingness to go. The second, Tenorti is, is an experienced guy. He's not a young guy. He's a guy who's been around or did that for for living for a long time. So uh, I think there's a, there's a lot in that, in that fight for Boehner to, to, uh, to go Again, an experienced guy like that, and to to finish strong, to have a good fight. Uh, I think there's a and it, it showed for the team. Hey, we're ready for that, and everybody knew in our team. Boehner had a, an opportunity last night to play on a higher line than having more ice time and playing with Chili and Crosser. So uh, to show how ready he was and how was his determination, send the right message to our team for sure. Talking to Coyotes head coach Andre Turney. Uh, coach, you mentioned Nick Bukestad, and you know last night you played without Bukestad and Chikrin, and there's there's quite a few teams around the league that are kind of doing this right now. But just in general, this is your last game before the trade deadline tonight. Uh, how, how much of a relief is it going to be to know who your team is and to have the guys know who their team is when you hit the guys on Friday against Carolina? Well, it's all good, to be honest. And, you know, there's, uh, for everybody around the league, uh, the fans and everybody, there, there's the the hockey player and the, the yeah, you know, what's uh, what is, will bring on the ice or off the ice, uh, on the ice. But for us, it's more than that. You know, yesterday after the game, when we uh, when we left, you know, the, all the wife of the player were outside and they were talking together, and you can see there were a lot of emotion there. You know, they're friends, so it's not just on the ice. There is their life. It's not just it's not just okay. You you go play somewhere else. It's new, new life, new home, new new friends, and stuff like that. So you leave people behind who you really care about or you really like. So, uh, you know, that part is, is true. So the stress is great. You know, those guys are professional. They know it's part of the business. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't make it easy. That's, uh, that doesn't make it simple and easy. So uh, they're, they're, the stress, that trade, even if you know your example are unrestricted free agent or you ask for a trade or whatever the circumstances are, doesn't make it easy. You know, it's probably what's best for your future. But that doesn't mean it make it easy. You know what's amazing about that, though, Bear? What you just said. You're five, two, and three in your last ten games right now. Does the trade deadline have anything to do with that record? It seems like maybe you're you're focusing. Does it focus a player when the trade deadline looms? There's a 
I think that's a big part for us. Is for, before the break, we uh, our we we mentioned that our schedule was was really tough, and we got we got a little bit of wear down as a team. And I think since the break, we're we're refreshed and we have really good goaltending, and that's what brings better results. But uh, I, I I think I can feel since we made the trade for days and for Mayo. Since then, we can feel the stress because it, it was kind of a sign of okay, game on now. Mm-hmm. It will, it will happen. So, since then, I feel in the room more stress, more guys who the focus sometimes can be can be different. But like I said, it's part of the business, but it's not easy. We're talking to Coyotes head coach Andre Turney. Uh, Andre, you, you, Carol Vamelka gets in there, gets the win last night. You know he's he's been so big for you guys this season. And anytime I talk to one of the players on your team, they always bring up how how much they appreciate what he has done. But you know just the way the schedule is broken down and Connor Ingram playing well, he hadn't got to pick up a, a win in a couple weeks. Uh, just how important was it to to have that performance in front of him last night? That was, that was really important. And uh, again, yesterday at the start of the game, Veg looked so solid, so so confident. I think it helped all the team. You know, it's your backstop. When I sure we felt Veggie was in control like that, for sure that that changed the psyche of the game. That changed the approach. That changed with uh, the way the player grab, grab their stick. You know, you're looser. You're more in confidence. So that helped everything for sure. So, Bear, what are you going to have to do to beat the Dallas Stars? Because they're really yeah. good. You know, they're really good, and they are. They have a style of play who's tough to play against. They put a lot of pucks at the net, and they're really good at redirection, tip, uh, rebound, screenshot, those kind of things. So, they don't need they don't need a lot of space or a lot of time to create a really good scoring chance. They, they, their transition is really, really quick and they have a good four track. They have an experienced team, you know, so uh, for us, second game in two night, our start would be re- really important. If we can have a good start, be in the game early and just stay with it as long as as long as we can. I think at some point we can we we we're playing good offensively lately, so we can we can capitalize. But the start will be really really important. We need to make sure we we uh, we establish ourselves early in the game. Bear uh, Nick Schmaltz, thirteen points in his last nine games. He's on a four game goal streak. He's picked up at least a goal in seven of his last nine. He's always played well with Clayton Keller, but he brought up Barrett Hayton last night uh, as well. How much how much of a role has Barrett Hayton played in this? You know, Aids is Aids is the guy who does a lot of unsung stuff on the ice. Win draws really hard on the bat check. Play well in his zone. He stop on pucks. He's not afraid to block shot. He goes at the net in the offensive zone. Get the screen. Get the deflection. Get the traffic in front of the net. Uh, we'll drive the net hard and open the ice for others. So, you know, you you cannot have three Peyton Keller in the line. You need you need different stuff. You need you need the guys who do different roles. So I think uh, eight is a perfect fit with those guys. He brings something different. There is there is there a guy that nobody talks enough about that you as a coach really appreciate? Is there somebody that you'd like to shout out this morning? I think one of our unsung hero in our team this year is Troy Stetcher. Uh, you know, every time we change pairing and we put Stetch with someone else, this guy picked up. The, I, I, we don't. We were talking about that the other day in the offices. I don't recall someone playing with Stetch not playing well. I think everybody, everybody who had the opportunity to play with him is not a guy who racked a lot of numbers or a lot of ice time or is really, really flashy. But he's an intense player. 
you work hard every night. You give you his best every night. He is focused. He's a really good pro, and he cares a lot. A hell of a competitor. So he's a guy who is a kind of guy you you don't notice a lot, but he makes your team better by a ton. Uh, talking to Coyotes head coach Andre Tourney, how um, how much nicer is it to have a one game road trip instead of the <laughs> ones you had earlier this year? <laughs> that will be that will that will be welcome. You know, it's uh, we arrived late last night. I can say this morning at breakfast was pretty quiet. I think the boys are a little bit tired, but a good nap this afternoon, and we'll be ready to rock tonight. So, Bear, the 5-2-3 and three, once again, I want to focus on that. Why are you guys playing better right now? What is it? What What are you doing well during games that will allow you to actually play better? Yeah, we're generating more offense, that's for sure. Our rush play is better. We're creating more offense there. And as well, uh, we're processing the puck more in the ozone. So, that's that sounds simple, but that has a huge effect on the game because if you can't sustain possession in the offensive zone, when the opponent break out of their zone, they're not thinking of attacking; they're thinking of changing. So now they will put puck deep in your zone, and they will change. So they give you back the possession. So you do the same; you change, but you have the puck. Now you can go at them put it deep or enter with the puck and attack them again. And if you have success, again, to get the puck back or to have the puck in their zone, now you, you start all over again. You wear them down in their zone. You possess the puck there. When you lose the puck and they break out, they're tired. So they put it deep in your zone and they change so they cannot sustain pressure. Mm-hmm. So, again, you will have the opportunity to attack them again. So that changed the old momentum of the game. But it sounds simple, but holding possession, it's not an easy task. Right. And we, we we're better right now. Well, Bear, I know you got to get ready for Dallas. We appreciate the time, man. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Have Thank a great day. Right, Bye-bye. That's Coyote's head coach, Andre Tourney. Uh, that note on Nick Schmaltz, too. And it, it since January 23rd, he's the leading goal scorer in the NHL. Like, he's scoring every night. Anze Kopitar passed him because he had four goals last night. But... Over the last yeah. month plus, I mean, he's outscoring Connor McDavid. Like that's how yeah. crazy Nick Keller's doing been. a great job too. Those two, I mean, he sets them up. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's that's a pretty good duo to have. Hopefully, going forward for a while. Uh, coming up next, the Cardinals have more than one need in this draft. They've also got more than one pick too. So, what are they uh, prioritizing? We'll get into that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. You've been listening to the Coyote Coaches Show with Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Okay, the news just made me laugh. <laughs> just so funny. I thought you were um, going to sing along to Blink-182. No, I was not going to do that. I'm not a big Blink guy, believe it or not. I believe I it. There's a lot of people out there that love Blink-182. I'm not a big Blink guy. You should put together your pre-show playlists for Wolf Today. I think it I'm going to do that. It, it was, okay, hold on. i got to remember now. This is three hours ago. I definitely yeah. heard um, Tool. Yeah, I heard was, Numb by Linkin was, Park. Yeah. There was Tool. I heard, there yeah. was and then, Linkin Park. I think I heard Disturbed, oh, Sound of Silence. Oh, you heard Disturbed. Yes, you did. There was Filter. Bad Wolves as well. Filter was in there, right? Oh, uh, Filter. Oh, yes. And I believe... Hey man, nice shot. I believe I heard some very old school Soundgarden when I was walking in here. Was that right, or did I yes, imagine you did. that? Wow. Yes, you, you heard, yes, no doubt. Pretty news. 
Ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, that's Five. that's that's a while back. All right, uh, let's get back into some football right now. And um, I don't remember what I teased. What are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> talking about the draft. Everything got moved around. You know what the NFL just... draft news on number three. <laughs> draft coverage live, local, late breaking. Look, it I doesn't just, just happen. I was to just me setting up the sounder. Okay, that's all. Yeah, that. well, we had to, we moved everything around, that so this looks good. like a playbook over here. And I'm like, is it NFL or is it the draft or is it uh, Jalen Carter? I'm, a little I'm gonna, levity brought to the broadcast by Luke. I'm going to go. Uh, I'm just going to go big picture draft. Mr. Perfect first. <laughs> Here's Monty Austinfort talking about the uniqueness of this year's draft class. I think there are certain positions that are that are stronger than others. I mean, you know, as I look at it, you know, tight end is a pretty unique position this year. It looks like there's a lot of uh, quality and quantity there. I'd put that one right up there at the top of the list. Um, you know, but I, we're we're in the middle of kind of our evaluation. We went through college meetings last week and, and going through that. And that's one that stands out to me right now, tight ends. Um, there's some other positions that that uh, that do have some depth to it as well. Um, but that that's one that would probably stand out to me right now. No. Okay. What? No more tight ends. Okay. Um, you know, I, listen, um, do whatever you have to do, bruh. That's what I would say right there. Just took a tight end with your first Just pick in the draft do, last year. Yeah, I know. Um, do you think Trey McBride is going to be the that guy? If you do, that's fine. I got no problem. If you watch tape and you do, I just don't know if Trey McBride um, is is going to be a true stud tight end. And that's what I want him to be is a true stud tight end. Hopefully he will be. Hopefully he'll be that guy that you can put right on the tackle's hip. Here we go. Fire off the ball. We're going to run the ball, as a matter of fact, right behind you, Trey. We're going to run right at you because you're so good at the point of attack. That's what I want to see. I want to see Trey McBride take that next step. I don't want to see him catch more balls. Well, okay, if, if he does, that's great. <laughs> okay, I, yeah, well, I shouldn't yeah, say that it would, like that. that. Be... That's great. What I want to see him do more than anything else is improve at the point of attack in terms of run blocking. That's what I want to see from Trey McBride. Uh, yeah, 100%. I don't disagree with anything you just said, but so help me if they take another tight end and with one of these first two picks. I yeah, you're saying that's not an area of need. No, it, I don't even think it was an area of need last year, but you have Trey McBride, and I get that Monty Austin Fort didn't make that pick, and he showed a lot of flashes at, towards the end of the season of like, okay, maybe he is that guy that they took. If you... Uh, we don't know how this is going to work, because he may trade the number three pick for the 10th pick and two second rounders and another... like So they may sure. stockpile picks. I'm not saying you can't take another tight end, although I kind of am as I say it out loud. <laughs> but man, not with one of these first two picks, please. You know, one of the things I love about Monty Ossenfort is he says they're going to draft for need. <laughs> this is Well, then they're not taking a tight end. This is a philosophical shift right here in the front office. Everyone likes to talk about the best player available, not Monty Ossenfort. He says, we're going to draft for need right there. I, I really enjoy, it's kind of a breath of fresh air because I do understand the argument of taking the best player available. I do. I understand it intellectually, but I, I love a guy that says, no, we're going to really target where we're weak. <laughs> Because we all know, again, if you're strong because in a position, doing you anyway. are right. If you're strong in a position, you're not going to draft a, a third tackle. 
when you've got two starters that are going to the Pro Bowl. And I'm not saying the Arizona Cardinals do. I'm just saying hypothetically for any NFL team, if you're loaded at tackle or you got two great tackles, you're not going to draft a tackle at number one, right? So don't talk to me about best player available. Um... No, you have to draft for need, especially when you're talking about a rebuild. And that's what the Arizona Cardinals are talking about, a rebuild. Let's hope it starts on the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. Well, I like that he says that, too. I mean, I like the fact that he's. we don't have to play these games of like, well, you never know. We're going to take the best player available. Like, okay, so you're going to take C.J. Stroud if he's there at number three? Like, So I, I, I appreciate that, that he approaches it that way. Um, but if I start reading through the roster... What positions do you not consider a position of need right now? Because to me, that would be quarterback. Yes. Um, safety. Tight end. And I don't think as much as I tight end. B. John Robinson is a really good, but you can't you probably can't take him. See, a, here's a running back I would yeah, put in I, there, too. I wouldn't draft a tight end high. I, that's what I mean. I mean the first I two rounds. I would not do that. Position of need, I'm saying first two rounds. Yeah, I would also like to maybe go out and get a tight end on the free agent market. A guy that is a true stud tight end, a wide tight end, a guy that can block first. Depending on how Max Williams and the health of Max Williams, depending on how he recovers, that to me um, is is going to control what I'm going to do at the tight end position. But you cannot underestimate that position to the success of this team. Because if you're going to go 11 personnel, and that's what Jonathan Gannon says he's going to do, if you're going to go with a lot of 11 personnel, you can't have Zach Ertz as that wide tight end. And you don't know if you can have Trey McBride as that tight end. Exactly. So here's the other question. Because the draft is not until the end of April and free agency, I mean, the legal tampering period starts in like a week and a half. If you're Monty Austin for it, you have to be, I'm sure he's already identified what he considers. Okay, here's a need, here's a need. But now you also have to kind of split it up, right? Because you don't have the benefit of going through the draft and saying, okay, well, this fell to us in the second round, so we can cross offensive line or whatever and cross guard off of our need list. Um, free agency is a lot more controllable and pointed, and you're going after one or two players, right? What are you prioritizing in free agency? Because I, I really do think ideally in this exact situation, the draft would come before free agency because you could see what happened in the draft and then plug in the, the holes with free agency. But you can't do that. Yeah, you can't do it because obviously you don't know what's going to happen in the in the draft. You don't know what type of players will be available when you pick. So what you basically will do in this situation is, is try to rebuild. I think rebuild your offensive line and your defensive line. But I don't think the Arizona Cardinals are going to go out and be in the running for the best of the best, the creme de la creme of the free agent class. I wouldn't do that knowing that I, listen, do I want a guy that can make us better? Yes. Yes, of course. You, you, you know there's going to be a ton of turnover on this team. When you got over 30 guys on the roster right now that are a question mark as to whether or not you're going to bring them back or have the opportunity to bring them back. There's going to be huge turnover on this roster for the Cardinals. You need to go out and find pros. You need to go out and find guys who aren't going to get you beat but aren't necessarily going to be going to the Pro Bowl or won't break the bank. Because you're in the middle of a rebuild. 
especially on the line of scrimmage right now on both sides of the ball. And because of that, you need pros. Go out and get pros that won't get Kyler Murray killed. Okay? Maybe they're not going to the Pro Bowl once again, but you need guys that are steady, rock-solid pros. Go out and target those guys, and then you're going to have to fill in. But going after... Pro Bowlers? That's not going to happen. Well, because you're not in win-now mode. And ideally, free agency, you look around, you're the Chiefs, right? You're like, hey, we could use another great receiver, or we could use this one other position. And then you just throw all your resources at that position. But when you're talking about pros that aren't going to get Kyler Murray killed, I think Kelvin Beecham. I mean, he's already here. Exactly. (laughs) But he's a free agent. Will Hernandez. See, that? there's another one right there that I love. Bring Will Hernandez back and Calvin Beecham back. So then you would have those two guys specifically. You'd have Will Hernandez, Calvin Beecham, DJ Humphreys. DJ Humphreys. And then the really young guys that you had last year. Yes. And I know there's a lot of people out there that want to give Josh Jones the opportunity to actually start at one of these tackle positions. And that's a dicey proposition because he does a better job at the left tackle than he does the right. Some guys are like that. They just feel better on the left side than they do the right. My brother Craig was one of those guys. Played 12 years in the NFL. Left guard, left tackle. That's what he played. You just you feel more comfortable. And I, I think Josh Jones is one of those guys. Just to be clear, Craig is not the brother who... Um who responded on Twitter and made fun of you for being all No, yeah, that, okay. was Soto. that was Soto. Okay. That was Dale. Just making sure. Dale, who was the most talented of us all. <laughs> he's pretty talented on Twitter, it sounds like. I, I like what he's doing. Uh, all right, we come back. Back to basketball. We'll do a Suns three-pointer. What are three things you can't wait to see in Kevin Durant's Suns debut? And then we'll do three words I can't say in English. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.